0: Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Well, we're still in January, and
1: I imagine some of you are still thinking, this is the year. This is the year that I'm going to lose weight. This is the year that I'm going to have this particular beauty procedure done. This is the year that I'm going to make more money or open up that business. And it's great. It's great that you're that you're all there. But uh, one of the things that we want to do is when we overwhelm ourselves with too many commitments of trying to be all that and we put it all into January, it's like we exert all this energy in January. And then by February, we're kind of like, okay, let's get real here and decide what It is that I really need to be doing, Um, which is why I love my guest today, because she's going to be talking to us about lightening up in a couple of areas, but also finding ourselves in those same areas so that we're not kind of working harder. We're really looking at where our passions lie and Uh, and where the essence of us is and belongs and that is my guest Kelly McNeilis and she is the founder of Women for One and now this is a global community of women of more in more than 50 countries and she supports women sharing their stories having their voices which is a very big thing right now Mm -hmm. plus she is the author of which I loved this book Your Messy Brilliance Seven Tools for the Perfectly Imperfect Women so welcome Kelly thanks so much for being with us today.
2: Oh, thanks for having me. I can't wait to dive in with you. Oh,
1: this this really I, I tell you, what, I was I didn't even get halfway through the book before I started being like, "Oh my god, she's me. This is this is me. This is how I think this is my life. This is what I struggled with and overcame." And so I I I I know that the book was amazing and of course, by the time I finished it, I was like, "I loved it. I you were very real um and and just pertinent in it all." Um so I, I, I gotta ask you, you know, that's that there there was there's always a story behind a great book like this because we have to learn the lessons I think before we can share the lessons.
2: Yes, definitely. We really do. And I think, you know, life's a journey, Bonnie. We're always learning those lessons, and I'm still learning every day. And I just want to say what you said at the beginning really resonated with me about this is my year, right? So there's extra pressure on me this year because I'm turning 50, Ah. (laughs) and I'm like, I'm like, this is my year. I'm gonna lose that weight. I mean, I'm still there, right? I'm yeah. still bought into that's why I had to write a book about not being perfect, because I'm still <laughs> bought into trying to get it right. So we're all there together. We need to give ourselves a break. Yeah.
1: So 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 tell
2: me a little bit about
1: some of the some of your story and the history that kind of resonated for you to really look at, you know, I just wanna be me and I wanna be the most powerful me and that's not gonna
2: be perfect. No, it isn't. And, you know, I, I was raised, like many of us are raised in this in this world um, and in this society. You know, I come from somewhat of a dysfunctional family, but, you know, people doing the best they can, trying to be supportive. I moved around a lot as a child. I went to 17 schools, K to 12. And um, I am an incest survivor. My father was an alcoholic, and he sexually abused me when I was four. And I've also experienced the sexual harassment and I've been speaking about it for many years um, because I believe that we really need to bring those stories to the light of day and look what's happening now. I'm so encouraged by where women are right mm-hmm. now with that and how they're having the courage to bond together and really say no more and, and time's up. Um, but, but really, my story is about just being a a regular woman growing up in America where um, I had to struggle with different things. I've been through a divorce. I've been through the death of several dear friends um, through cancer, I, I was there with one of them. And I hit a space in my life where I was like, wait a minute, you know, I keep trying to have this perfect life that I didn't have when I was younger. You know, like I, I came from a divorced family and I said I'd never get divorced. I got divorced, right? I um, So I, I did all these things that I, I try to be perfect and have this idealized image of what was fed to me by society and what I yearn for externally. And then I found myself in a bad moment in my 30s going, what am I doing? I don't even know who I am anymore. And what is it that I want to be doing with my life to find joy and passion and attract those people that give me energy and not suck for me? So really, I started getting curious, Bonnie, after that and started diving into the experiences that I had had in my past that I allowed to define me. And I call those those stories that I Mm -hmm. encourage women at Women For One to share. So that's really my story, and it's, it's not um it's very similar to many women in this country
1: yeah <clears throat> it is uh, Well, including mine which is why i kept reading the book thinking this is me it's a me too right yeah. um, <laughs> it's it's all very similar and you know when you're in the capacity of creating a platform or an opening for people to share their stories you then realize how many people have similar stories And we're all kind of, you know, trying to hide out in in these stories instead of kind of fully accept and own them and then heal from that ownership of them, because it doesn't have to define our
2: lives. No, it doesn't, you know, and but but we as women need to dive in and take that deep and detailed inventory of our lives and really get curious. That's one of my tools in the book, but get curious about how it did these experiences did shape us for the better and for the worse Mm -hmm. so that that we can really move forward and find what we can to create that passion and joy in our lives.
1: There is um, there there's this this perfect scenario of. You know, whatever happened in your life, whatever experiences or circumstances that you, you know, had occurred to you in your life, there's, there's a blessing and a curse to it. But in the end, they should be a gift for you to be able to be a contribution not only to the person that you become, but also to others.
2: Yes, definitely. And they are a gift. I mean, I see women uh, you know, that come and share their story on my site say, oh my gosh, I had no clue someone else had been through this. Or th- th- some women just come to my site to read the stories, to feel more connected and less alone. Mm-hmm. So there's all different types of ways we can learn from each other's experiences and stories. It doesn't just have to be these great ahas. They can be small, like little Uh, tidbits of wisdom that we gain or connections that we make with others
1: yeah and i think that the connections that we now need to make as women to support each other is more more important than ever more important than ever
2: Yes. And it's, it's just time. It's ex, it's an exciting time. But I also want to say we really do need to embrace the men in this world that are supporting and uplifting us, because I think there's a lot of shaming of men now. Um, I mean, even if you watch the Golden Globes, the, um, was it was Seth Meyers, was like men are even afraid to have their name called out right now. So <laughs> I really believe in that balance, right? You know, the balance of really honoring those incredible men in this world that are Really encouraging us to have courage and supporting us in speaking our truth and, you know, taking back the power that's been taken from us.
1: Yeah, it's if if women can just not fear having a voice and men are willing to listen, I think we've got a pretty strong community right there. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's I, uh, at uh, New York Fashion Week, I saw this post, and it was um, all of the men walking down the runway in these fabulous clothes, right? And fabulous men, I'm sure. But they had pig pig masks and dog masks on, like all men were pigs and dogs. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, well, that's, that's not very expressive.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, think about it. I have... Two of my own sons and Mm -hmm. two sons, two stepsons, you know, uh, along with a stepdaughter and a a, a daughter. So I have six children, and we're raising these boys. And of course, we can't come, you know, we can't come at them with your pigs and dogs. No, they're gonna live up to that if. Right. We, right. We can't we can't make
1: that assumption. I mean, I have, I have a 19 year old son. And um, when he went to I think it was his junior prom and and, you know, it was one, kind of one of those episodes where, you know, there was the, the, even though there's not supposed to be any alcohol, there was alcohol. And yeah. his date got a little tipsy. And um, he had texted me and he says, Mom, he goes, I'm not going to be leaving. And I'll probably have to Uber um, much later and everything. I'm like, is everything all right? And he goes, I'm being nothing but a gentleman and i'm oh. thinking okay good and then of course by the time i heard the story it was like all his friends took off to go to the after party and go do things and he kind of hung out with this date like because she was sick and not feeling well and just and i thought oh i'm raising a gentleman i mean i'm i'm raising a gentleman here
2: yeah it's all about a caring human being right and and <laughs> in general caring human being no matter what gender you are i think it's important
1: mhm yeah, so we, we titled the show The Beauty of Your Messy Brilliance, but your book is called Your Messy Brilliance, so I kind of added a little bit on there. But but it does kind of, I mean, beauty is a, is, a, is a very relevant part to us thinking that we have to have it all together. And, you know, I write articles um, that go out into various m- magazines and, and online um, platforms, and you know a lot of times i I kind of write in the articles that there is a point where you you kind of have to have it all you have to yeah you have to look good. There is kind of mm-hmm. that look good feeling, even though you may not be feeling good on the inside. sometimes when you're out and about in public and you might be single, you know, ready to take on a relationship that you got to kind of package yourself up here a little bit. But I would love for you to kind of share with us as you you know evolved into this book, what is this what is this imperfect <coughs> woman to the perfect woman?
2: Well, the reason I created the book and I wrote it, you know, we do what we need to learn, right? So mm-hmm. my whole life, I mean, even 15 years ago, I was in this um, school for energy healing, right? I just, I just have done everything. I've done all the modalities, and, <laughs> and I wrote a paper. I wrote a paper, and it was called "How Beautiful Am I." So I love this the title of your of your show. I love everything about what you're doing, and the reason I wrote it is because my whole life I felt extremely unattractive. Personally, and I think it—you know—people actually kind of get shocked by that because I'm not an unattractive person. Mm-hmm, not at all. But that, you know, you know, and I also blamed it on my sexual abuse for a long time, and I blamed it on, you know, my father being an alcoholic, and you know, that that victim mentality of blame, right? For a long time. Well, yes, those are the circumstances that brought me there, but how can I come out of that space and really start appreciating myself? for the beauty inside and out and, and take care of myself so that I don't create this very unattractive person because I believe that. So it was just a, it's been a journey of my life, the whole beauty and and pulling ourselves together. So I first, I just wanted to honor what you're doing. I think it's incredible because it's a hard line for women to walk Mm -hmm. where we want to be healthy and take care of ourselves. And we want to live up to our expectations which have been formed by society, right, and Mm -hmm. and our belief systems, but yet we want to be empowered and, you know, be okay with not looking perfect and being perfect all the time. So I want to let all of your listeners know, hey, this is a line that we're all walking all the time, and it's a tough line to walk, and I want to honor that, and I talk about that in the book because your messy brilliance really is about diving in to the places that you don't like so much about yourself and giving yourself a break. But not only giving yourself a break, but learning from those spaces, learning from your stories, and, and moving out of them and discovering when you've embraced them and, you know, looked at those monsters in your closet, There, you can discover your brilliance. It's like polishing a diamond, you know. You can become brilliant by looking at... All of the mess that you've created in your life and forgiving yourself and moving forward. So, really, that's what my book is about because I needed to do that for myself.
1: Yeah, it's true. And, and I know we're going to talk more about this the victimness <laughs> going into our next segment. Um, But but that is that plays a a significant role because, you know, you felt unattractive. There were times in my life where I would downplay my looks because I didn't want the attention based on my circumstances and, and, you know, my sexual assault when I was very young, because it's like, no, I don't want you to treat me like that. I want you to see that I'm smart. So, of course, I kind of take on the I have to be really, really, really smart, you know, and downplay any prettiness or beautifulness. Um, because I I can't have you look at me that way. And it it was, it was challenging, you know, know, becoming an adult and thinking, I got to get over this. This is not serving me very well.
2: No, I know, and I had it with weight. Like I gained weight to kind of when I noticed that men were attracted to me physically with my body, and you know I was on a calendar in college, and I did all that, you know, modeling. And I actually wanted the weight on me subconsciously. I mean, I didn't want it, right? (laughs) But but I wanted it, and I realized, wow, I'm doing that because I'm terrified of the attention. So I totally get that space, and I think this is the place where we sometimes self sabotage that we have to look at, right? And go, "No, I can own my power, I can be beautiful, I can be intelligent, and it's all for me." That's well, what I want women to think.
1: Exactly. I mean, there's it's no surprise then that I went into beauty because I <laughs> didn't right. wa- I wanted to downplay my beauty, but I felt like everybody deserved to feel beautiful. And of course, I, you know, end up in the beauty industry and do, you know, spent all this time, helping people feel more beautiful. But I think when I went through my, you know, my kind of evolution and my transformation, that's when I realized that the beauty on the inside has so much more significance. And that's, I I really, I, I really, that's what I loved about your book, because it took you on a journey of going within, it took you on a journey of asking those curious questions to be able to, you know, look at yourself and, and understand it. But, you know, perfectionism, That's that is a borderline disease.
2: (laughs) I know I'm a recovering perfectionist. That's what I call myself because I don't believe that word exists. I don't believe there is anything such as perfection. Mm -hmm. So why are we all like on rats on a like little wheel trying to get there? there? It doesn't exist. So when we can accept that, we can move forward.
1: Yeah, there is. And uh, in working with, you know, in working with people and clients, you know, from from the outside in beauty, from the inside, from coaching and in this radio show, we we all have a different perspective of what beauty is and what is that perfect beauty it's it's finding, it's finding, like you said, walking that fine line of being able to say, what is it that makes you love yourself? Because that's probably what other people love too.
2: It's so true. It's just asking yourself the right questions. And I think you start with the number one, you. Not mm-hmm. your spouse, not your partner, not your best friend, not your kids, you. What makes you happy? Mm-hmm. You know, because we're always, as women, giving everything away. We're always caretaking. So... We really need to bring it back to ourselves.
1: That we do. That we do. I lo- I love the idea of this. So we're going to talk a little bit about the seven tools of perfectly imperfect women. We've got a couple areas that we're going. I don't want to give it all away because, of course, I want people to buy your book, which I'm sure is on Amazon. Um, yes, it is. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, you know that would be silly otherwise um, to be able to do that. But I I, I do have an extra book um, in my possession that Kelly sent to me, and we're going to do a oh. we're going to do a giveaway on this book as well. Um, and I'll share with that with you um, as we kind of complete our show today.
2: But Kelly, what in it, did you grow up with brothers and sisters? I did not. I was the only child till I was twenty three, and now I have a twenty six year old brother and a sixteen year old sister that have been adopted.
1: <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So there is, you know, so sometimes you can. I always say that in, in the growing up with sisters, I had I had like models. To follow. I had I had, you know, what was what made them look beautiful didn't necessarily make me look beautiful. And so there wasn't always that that duplication process in growing up because me and my sisters were so different. And we and we don't we, we might have the same eyes, I think, is what people tell us. But we don't look alike. Like some mm-hmm. families have, you know, genes where they all look alike. Um, and so we we got to experiment with with that growing up of, you know, how we saw our own imperfections and how we saw our our beauty being a little bit different and, and playing
2: around with that. And I think that that does really kind of so now you have six children you just mentioned, right? I have six children. And my my friends, my dearest friends, like I have a best friend I've been friends with for 30 years. She's my sister. I've always created the sisterhood around me because I moved so much and I was an only child. So mm-hmm. those are my sisters.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes they don't have to be blood Re- related nope. to be the sisters, right? Good. Well, I'm looking right. forward to jumping into uh, your messy brilliance and a little bit more about this fantastic organization that you put together, Women uh, for One. But I have to talk about my messy eyebrows real quick before we go to break. <laughs> because that's been always my challenge. You know, I'm always I, I kind of one of those people that I'm not a big makeup person. I don't like wearing a lot of makeup, but I certainly understand that having light hair, light eyes, light skin, that you gotta create some definition on the face in order for it to feel framed. And my eyebrows are one of the things that I always do to frame it. And uh, they're they're incomplete. They're messy. They're totally imperfect <laughs> in every way that they can. But I found that the the my sponsored company Cella uh, Beauty has the solution for me, and that is their eyebrow cream, that is so easy to put on, stays on all day, and it looks very natural on my skin tone. It doesn't look like I have fake eyebrows on, and uh, that helps me to feel a little bit less um, imperfect. But um, I'm still understand i still have to find the products in order to make that make that happen for me so we're going to take a break right now um kelly and when we come back i want to dive into this book and find out some of these key areas that we can help our our listeners our women and any anybody that's listening right now with how they can really accept their messy brilliance (laughs)
0: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways, from promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal. Finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403 Leadership issues are discussed each week on Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Welcome back, everybody. My guest today is Kelly McNeilis. She is the author of
1: Your Messy Brilliance, but she's also the founder of Women for One, and this is a global community of women um more than 50 countries sharing their stories so over 500 truth tellers have shared their story on her site and she's you know recognized as a change maker here and she's interviewed people such as Ariana Huffington Byron Katie and the late Dr. Maya Angelo and i got to tell you those are 3 of my favorite <coughs> people kelly i love reading them i love following them Um, I love the essence of who they are. And I think that they do really do represent that imperfect um, brilliance and beauty.
2: Yes, I agree. And when I when I asked uh, Dr. Angelou, I asked her, you know, how do you define truth? I was like this little girl, you know, asking, tell me. And she goes, honey, just tell the truth. I just Mm -hmm. loved her. She was just so real. And she's like, just be honest with people. That's all it takes. It's quite simple. And I just love the simplicity uh, and the wisdom of the messages that I get with the people I've interviewed in the past that have really made their lives happen on their own terms.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I haven't seen much of Byron Katie around lately, but um, I saw her (laughs) live at an event and um, just adored her. I mean, she just had that power while she was presenting the material but it was also kind of like it was just so logical like why are we why are we attaching so much story now and and it's fine it's there's like this dichotomy of story and then truth and logic
2: that's right. I agree. And I loved interviewing her. She was one of my favorite. And she's a tough interview if you don't um, really go ride her, her train because she just worked me. Like she did the work, which is her work, with me and asked me some real questions about an issue I was having and and represented w- how simple it can be to move through the hardships in your life. And I'm excited because she's um, we're sponsoring Wisdom 2.0 this year in San Francisco, and she's going to be speaking in February. So I'm really looking oh, forward to that. Oh,
1: that is fantastic. Fantastic! Yeah, good to yeah. see that she's still out there uh, oh, yeah. doing it. But, but you're right. She has this, like, no bull philosophy <clears throat> that just is like, you know, get over it. Make it happen. And there's truth you just kind of get you just got to get to the truth and then the truth will set you free kind of an expression
2: yeah it's awesome and and really that's why I created women for one I I knew I wanted to write seven years ago I knew I wanted to write and I wanted to create this little kind of project on the side while I was raising six children with my husband in a newly formed marriage Mm -hmm. and um really started out with just this tiny little blog that that I called Women for One because I heard the words in my head and got the URL. And then eventually, within a year, I followed my intuition, which is one of my tools in the book, and really checked my gut. And I heard women should be sharing their experiences and stories from all over the world. And the minute I did that, it exploded into women like emailing me and telling me all these things that were happening in their lives, and I, I realized that we're more alike than different. So I created a process and pretty much a container to have women come online and share their stories with one another and connect with one another.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Well, you've got plenty of followers, over 600,000 followers between your social sites. And I'm sure that that is growing every day, especially now with, you know, women really feeling as though they have, there's this empowerment going on and they have this voice. And, um, you know, of course, everything else that you have to offer, too. So let's let's dive into some of this fun stuff on the book here. Okay. How do we quit chasing perfectionism? How do we stop looking at Kim Kardashian and... (laughs) <laughs> and to think that we can't look that perfect all the time.
2: Well, I love that question because I think the first thing we need to do is to stop trying to quit. <laughs> I'm mm. sorry to make it complicated. The, what we the, need to do, what you is resist really- persists. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I kind of call my book The Anti-Cleanse. I have a a 30-day course that goes, uh, complements it and supplements it. And I call that course The Anti-Cleanse because we're always doing these cleanses at the beginning of the new year, right? And I'm not saying let yourself fall apart. What I'm saying is let's give ourselves a break. Let's do short little exercises that we can actually complete. You know, I always get these courses and I never finish them or I read a book and I started, I'm like, okay, I'm too busy or I'm bored. I can't. So what my intention with the book is for a, a busy person, whether it be a busy mom, a working woman, anyone that really, you know, our attention spans a lot shorter these days, obviously with the internet mm-hmm. um, and technology, I really wanted to offer something that women could just pick up daily and be like, I can do that for 5 minutes, right? And and I can let go of perfection in this way for 5 minutes. I can embrace my own brilliance for 3 minutes. And that's really what the intention of the book and the course was. And how I define messy brilliance, like that that term because you know, I ask people in my co- in my workshops when I do them, how do you define messiness and what comes to mind? And women go anywhere from the eyebrows like you talked about to the <laughs> hair, to the office, to the kitchen. It's always external where right. we are, are feeling a mess, like not put together with our, the way we look, right? And it's interesting because the way I define messy brilliance is it's this polished gem of your truth and your beauty, which you discover only by diving into your mess and what I like to call a little bit of darkness, you know, you start taking a look at those monsters in the closets you're hiding from or avoiding. That's all messy brilliance is, because that's where you're going to discover this beautiful place inside yourself is when you start looking at the places where you're scared to look.
1: Oh, yeah, you it it really is an internal dive. It, yes, it it's really such an is. internal dive. And, and then there's this like acceptance, you know, this, and it does happen. And sometimes it takes people longer to be able to get to that place. Um, You know, because their life keeps providing evidence that they're not good enough or they're not pretty enough or beautiful enough or savvy enough. Um, But it's Mm. it really is going inside, diving deep.
2: Yeah. And you can when you do that, what happens? And it's quite simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. When you set your intention to do that, you start discovering your voice. You start saying no more often to things that don't bring you joy. You know, you ask yourselves the question, you know, does this bring me, inspire me or does it, you know, tire me? I've heard that the other day on, on a show, another show I was on. It was great. You know, I love that. And you can then find your purpose, passion and joy in life. And, and what I was really, really wanting to create in this book was to have some action because we as women sometimes sit in our stories and our experiences where we want to process emotionally, which is all wonderful, (laughs) but we have to have an action plan on how to do it. And that's where I wanted to bridge kind of that feminine with the masculine, like let's make clear choices and create an action plan to get ourselves there. Let's not just keep sitting in the story and emotionally processing all the time. And I feel like that really um, is the differentiator in my book.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and, and, and you know, and sometimes, uh, sometimes people think that they have to go through further type of development in order to get there, you know, therapy. Um, I know, you know, as, as a coach, I have a lot of clients, but I'm telling you, it's like there is an end to this. And when you get to the end of this, you can't keep staying in this story. Mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. keep believing this is who you are because, because – and perfectionism shows up a lot.
2: It does. It Trying shows to get up a it lot. Right. The case of the shoulds is what I call it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like we got to get rid of the shoulds. Oh, I should be doing this. So I should be doing that. Yes.
1: Yeah, and we know that it's overrated, but perfectionism I also believe um, a lot of times is very external. Sometimes it's, it's culturally how we've been brought up that this is the way to do it, but then all of a sudden we become adults and it's like,
2: well, is that the way I need to do it? well and the thing is we have the freedom to make that choice and i love the word choice and i find choice is the differentiator we really do as women in in the west right it's it's more challenging for women around the world Mm -hmm. in other areas we as women in the west we have that choice to create whatever we want and we we forget it when we get caught up in perfectionism so if we can unbrainwash ourselves move out of it the power is just unimaginable that the women have in this world. <laughs> it,
1: it, it is it is incredible the power that we have, and so you know to to feel as though we don't have the voice or, you know, it is it, it's it's shameful. It's shameful mm-hmm. to think that. But I know that each and every one of us, as a woman, has had a moment in our lives where it's like you know I should have spoke up. I should have said no. I I should have put my foot down. I should have you know beat him right
2: <laughs> right and when what Dr. Angelou says when you know better you do better when you know better so, you do better so let it go let go of the shoulds. yeah like yes you should have said something okay so what is that going to do for you now right move on yeah it's okay just don't do it next time
1: <laughs> and this perfection being overrated like it, it it feels it's a sense of control for people so you know just like anger has creates a sense of control for people. If they if something doesn't get done and they can get angry, they feel as though they have control over the situation. Perfectionism falls into that same, you know, developmental place of perfectionism gives me control. But that's all very illusory.
2: It is, but I also, you know, there's that balance of like just having an awareness of it, of your perfectionism is a huge step. It's kind of like the first step into healing. You know, you know you're doing it, you can't stop. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's OK. And we need to really celebrate when we have an awareness of how controlling we could be or how how we're really leaning towards perfectionism all the time. We, c- we just don't need to be blaming ourselves or going into shame around it.
1: Yeah, no. And I know that you were just saying that, you know, we start at the beginning of the year and we're all like cleansing and detoxing. Well, I am <laughs> actually doing that. I just want you to know. And um Oh, me too. Yeah. And and part of it is, is because I have a guest that's coming on in February, March, and April that we're kind of like, you know, uh, creating a a compact series um, of, you know, how to be able to really be well from the inside and, you know, have a life you love on the outside, um so I thought well I probably should go to the, through this detox type of thing. Well, I am like 12 days. Yesterday was the first day that I was able to eat something. So for 10 days I ate nothing, right? Oh so last yesterday <laughs> I got on the scale. 10 days, no food, not a morsel, did not chew anything just drank for
2: 10 days 10
1: days yeah liquids supplements i was never hungry mind you emotionally i was hungry for pizza and right. tacos and everything but <laughs> but stomach wise really listening to my intuitiveness and listening to my gut i right. wasn't hungry at all um, but I got on the scale yesterday, and it said I only lost four pounds. And I'm thinking, I have starved myself for 10 days, and it's only four pounds. I mean, that <laughs> that was like my form of perfectionism. I was like expecting to see some magical number on the scale, um, you know, based on what I'm doing. But I can tell you that inches and everything else is far more important. And that's what's happening right now. It's not necessarily what the weight on the scale is. But, you know, that's a that's a very defined way sometimes where we think that we're imperfect because we, we weigh too much.
2: Right. And I mean, feeling clean and clear is my goal. I decided to ditch the scale a long time ago oh, because yeah. it just would, you know, m- I can't use the word on a radio, but it would mess me up in the mind. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you can know, use it on I, this radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but, but I just felt like, you know what, I don't need the scale. I need to feel clean and clear and healthy. Yeah. And I have a very dear friend who has had an eating disorder her whole life, and she still goes to it sometimes. And what's awesome about her is she asked me to call her out on it when she's looking thinner because no like what's going on because she knows this is her demon she's owning it she's having the courage to Mm -hmm. tell dear friends she trusts and I mean that's amazing so of course it's still there but she hasn't completely gotten better because that's perfection, right? right? But but she's owning it. And that's that's all I ask for in the book. And that's all we can ask for from ourselves is to really work it and try our best to be as clear and passionate and joyful as possible in our lives.
1: And, and make the right choices because I really like when you said choice is a very powerful word. And when you can make better choices, you know, like – Like it it makes a difference. So all right, before we take our next break, because this is going so fast and I have so much I want to I want to get from you is, you know, I love the chapter on what kind of victim are you? So in one of your chapters, you talk about what kind of victim are you? And I don't I think victimness is sometimes hidden, like the victims are the hardest ones to see their behaviors. Mm hmm.
2: And, you know, I really believe this victim mentality is pervasive in our world right now. I mean, all the way up, I'm not going to get political, but all the way up to our government, our highest government, everybody's blaming and pointing fingers at everybody else. And I just think we all, it, we would all benefit from starting to take self responsibility and turn the eye on ourselves. And that's what this chapter is about. And it's actually in the choice chapter, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. So I talk about 11 archetypes that, and I ask people when they read them to think of someone else, not themselves first, because that's kind of hard to do when you kind of have to think, oh, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. So, so when I was creating these these archetypes, I'm like, who in my world reminds me, oh yeah, that one, right? So one of them is called the savior, Okay, that's a person who believes that's their mission to save the world. You know, those people that just always are doing causes and trying to save everybody else. And, you know, so we've got the savior. So they're blaming everybody else. Then we have the why me victim, you know, the real victims like everything always happens to me. Why does it always happen bad to me? Right. That's that's one. And then we have the busy bee you know, someone that just can't deal with anything. So they just, they power ahead at any cost. They don't slow down. I am kind of like that. Stop talking <laughs> um, about me. They're... <laughs> <laughs> so they're simply never present for themselves, right? So mm-hmm. that's one. Then we have the screw ups that can't pull their lives together. And then we have my favorite one is the I am not a victim victim because that's oh, me too.
1: Yes, that's what I'm referring to. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it.
2: It's so triggered by the notion of her victimhood that she immediately blows a gasket when faced with someone who's displaying anything that can be construed as weakness. Because I'm like, suck it up. Let's move through this, right? Mm-hmm. That's even a part of victimhood. So it's kind of fun to read the victim archetypes in my book. And it really helps you get an awareness of your own.
1: Yeah, I would say I probably most of my life I've been the busy bee. do Keep going, keep going, <laughs> keep going. But I know that, you know, a- after really going within and, and working on me, and uh, taking on that challenge of me, I can see reflections of other parts of it. And, and the thing is, is they don't have as much power now. None of them have as much power now. So I am I'm, I'm really found that authentic style of who I want to be. And I think that's I love the way that that's how your book kind of continues to keep going after that choice chapter as well.
2: Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah, it's
1: just about awareness. So I know that we've got this feminine movement going on. And in this next segment, I want to talk about that a little bit more because I want to figure out, I really feel like you have something very powerful to share between Women for One, your book, um, Your Messy Brilliance. But I want to find out ways that we can continue this movement to be positive. My greatest fear is that this movement kind of takes a nosedive because, you know, uh, vindictiveness or or you know Ooh. jealousy or or misinterpretations of things um, so I, I'd like you to figure out how to empower us women to be able to just keep this movement going and have it stay real and authentic and, and genuine to um, having a better world so we are going to take a break again and um, when we come back I am going to have Kelly McNeilis and her messy brilliance and we're going to go deeper into this book we'll be right back
2: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions, to profits, to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. You count. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillocks, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice of America Variety Channel. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com's social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepretainment? Easy Talk, Every talk Live. Every week, host Eric E. Z. Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out.
1: And we're back with author and founder, uh, author of Your Messy Brilliance and founder of Women for One. And Kelly, I love this part right here where it says the importance of cultivating our own inner wisdom and truth-telling voices. And, yep. you know, and and before we went to break, I said, you know what, let's talk about this women's movement and everything. And I, I think that really sums it up. We have to cultivate the inner wisdom. So um, the idea behind everything going on in this women's movement is, is we should have the option to yeah. speak our truth. Um, and we should be coming from that place of inner wisdom and not external blame and, you know, All of that stuff. So, give us give us your insight on how you're feeling about this because you've you've heard you've seen a lot of stories from women, and it's it seems like now we're exploding with it, and I just I I fear that it's it's going to start turning against us, and that it's it's going to be a he she um, conversation. Yes, yeah,
2: and it's not. It's a united global conversation, and you know I feel like we as women have been passively protesting for generations you know Mm -hmm. we went through the equal rights time in the 70s we tried to be like men in the 80s you know by putting on our power (laughs) shoulder pads you know (laughs) and then in the 2000s right and then we're like okay where are we in this millennial century as women you know we tried to be everything to everyone and a lot of women were like I can't do this I can't take care be a, a wife and a mom do everything in the house and then go and be a breadwinner you know it's it's a lot and there's a lot of stress and i think with our voices we've shut them down for so many years and we've passively protested what's gone on and now sometimes you have to in our in societies what i've seen and what i've learned is we have to go the whole other opposite way and roar first right before we can come to a balance and i agree bonnie i fear that that roar collectively that's happening with women right now doesn't is necessary needs to happen but it does need to come back to a balance and that's why i talked about honoring the incredible men in our lives honoring people as human beings Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's where we're moving into you know non-gender it's like you know, there's lots of men out there even though sometimes they're raised differently and they act act differently that I would much rather be around than some women, but mm-hmm. then there's lots of incredible women that are doing wonderful things in this world, and then there's some not so great women. So I, I, you know, let's look at each other like human beings instead of pointing fingers and you know, and, and moving into our victimhood more.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, because it's 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 it's, it's getting out of hand. You know, we we talk mm-hmm. about we talk about race, religion, political views, gender. You know. Um, all of that and all it does is separate us uh-huh. and it, it it, does. And it is our time as women to be able to have a voice and feel more powerful in it and it is our time to be able to step up and ask for what we want but i find that you know in in the difference mm-hmm. in training and coaching men and women you know men are willing to just take on those those harder conversations and just go right into them um ask for what they want and to some degree, let it go. And, you know, women kind of ponder it. They gather a little bit more. They're checking in with friends. You know, should I do this? Should I not? Mm-hmm. There's fears attached to sometimes them having a voice. Um, and then I think we just kind of take a more passive approach on it. And But the, here's the thing. That's not going to change. That's who we are as women. So how do we? how do we power up a little bit more and not
2: leave our essence? Oh, that's such a tough question. And, you know, I so agree with everything you just said because organically I created courses on my my site, online courses, and one of them is called How to Have a Hard Conversation Mm -hmm. because I find that women really have a hard time being direct Mm -hmm. you know they're very indirect and and I do believe that yes we as women are natural caretakers and we want to we're softer and we want to make sure that everybody's okay during it and if we don't the opposite of that right is anger and resentment and passive aggressiveness Mm -hmm. so and men are more like okay here's the deal okay let's let that go now moving on Right. And I've learned that from my husband. I'm definitely much more woman than I am man when it comes to those kind of things. I'm always hemming and hawing and not sure. Right. And I think there's some real beauty to that. So I I guess my answer is. I don't think we need to let go of it. I think we need to own who we are, like diving into that messiness of who we are and hone and fine tune the skills that our partners or, or if, if you're a heterosexual, right, that are our partners or our counterparts as men demonstrate to us and really take it on if it feels right because when we as women are clear we can take on those qualities that we learn from men that are really helpful and useful in situations like that does that make sense
1: yeah it does they they communicate in a different way they they commiserate in a different way they collaborate in a different way um, as we do but we can learn from you know, from some of the, the, the actions, I'd say some of the way that they take action in things. And, and it's okay, it's okay to feel weak or vulnerable or scared and fearful going into sometimes these difficult conversations or these moments of, you know, empowerment. Um, But, you know, as, as as we said before, it's like cultivating that inner wisdom, you know, your own inner wisdom.
2: And there's nothing that, you know, I've always, and for example, you keep bringing this up. So I, I, this woman keeps coming to my mind. I watched Ann Curry on the news two days ago mm. on CBS. And I actually, um, Ann Curry was at NBC with Matt mm-hmm. Lauer. And I always loved her. I did too. And I too. know some people. I, I have mutual friends with her. And I I have to be honest. I watched her on that show. And I was so disappointed in how she acted. Because she was so not clear and terrified of saying anything and I wasn't angry I was just disheartened and sad that a woman with her her voice and her you know who she is couldn't just come out and be like here's the deal Right. She was hemming and hawing and not sure. And that's what I love to see women be able to be more clear. You know, like, for example, Oprah, she just comes out and she's just works it and she just says it like it is. I look up to those women. I think we need to move towards that more than we need to move towards the hemming and hawing and the fear.
1: I saw that as well and I, I said the same thing. I said, Oh God, she's lost her power and then yeah. I thought, you know, because you always think there's judgment first and then you have to right. find you have to you have to transfer judgment into compassion. Agreed. And then I thought Agreed. maybe this is the first time she's ever really put herself out there since this whole situation has happened. I because agree. it was devastating. I and I thought, you know what, her power's gonna come back because she released some of it. Even though it was awkward, she released some of it.
2: I agree, and I I totally agree with what you're saying. But it was just such a perfect example of a woman in fear. Yeah, you know that that yes. I've always looked up to hemming and Hawing, and yes, I hope that she can come out of it. And a woman that was kind of shut down in her prime with mm-hmm. her voice coming mm-hmm. back and reemerging. And I think we as women need to reemerge like that.
1: Yeah, and that's 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 where we as women need to support. Um, you know these other women and to be able to do that because it's true what you said before it's like there are some times that you know I I hear and see women and I'm just like you know you guys stop or you got you gals stop you just have to stop right you know it's it's if you're not getting what you want you commiserating with other women trying to you know and playing the victim and villain role in this is not going to get you what you want you got it you got to have more power hmm. Agreed. And and it's and it's OK. And I think that, you know, I think that's what's going to start happening now. And I think that, Kelly, I think you're a big part of, you know, giving women this power and um, allowing them to be able to kind of see themselves in uh, your messy brilliance.
2: Well, we all have it. We just need to rediscover it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it's and it's true because, you know, it's I'm seeing all this stuff that's happening right now with technology where they're kind of saying, all right, Facebook and, you know, all these social sites, you know, you're now creating more damage to this these next generations and this addiction that's happening in here. And we do we have this false perception of of how we're supposed to be and and, you know, bringing back bringing back that 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 live connection with people. So. It's, you know, which, again, it still has a form of technology. So instead of putting a post up there, people are Facebook living. But it's still a diff- it's a different form of connection. Yeah. And it, and it still has them feel vulnerable doing it. I still feel vulnerable doing it. Every time I do a Facebook live, I'm just like, I feel like a babbling idiot, you know. <laughs> um, yes. But it's, you know, it's, it's a way that I feel is a different form of connection. It's a platform to connect in a different way with, with many
2: mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. I completely
1: agree with you. Giving us that power. Well, tell us where we can find the
2: book. Well, you can find it on um, my site, women for one, all spelled out, um, dot com. And you click on your messy brilliance and it's there. And I actually have a Facebook group that's um, somewhat like a book club that you can mm-hmm. join. You can ask to join it. It's the, called the Brilliantly Messy Tribe And um, it's so much fun because we do tips every day in there and people are talking about their mess and their brilliance. And it's just awesome to support one another in that. And you can find it on Amazon and Barnes & Noble as well. And I'm in Seattle, so of course my book is on Amazon. (laughs) Of course it is. Yes. Yeah, absolutely good. Well, I like the idea of the Brilliantly
1: Messy Tribe group. Um, So I am for sure going to check that out and join in on the conversation because I've had much fun with it. And, uh, Kelly, thank you for providing me one extra book because I want to give that to one of my listeners. And that would be I just created a new Beauty Inside and Out group page or group, I guess, on Facebook, not page, but group. Um, So come and join my group. And the first person who joins my group, I will send you this book. So I'll private message you with the information that I need to be able to get it to you. Um, And so you can enjoy your own Messy Brilliance book. Uh, from Kelly McNeilis and um, so Kelly how do we want to wrap this up what's what's the big fat message we want to (laughs)
2: share dive into your messiness because it'll bring you more joy than you can ever imagine in your life just face your demons dive into them because they're not as scary as you think Perfect. And I'll be posting
1: um, some of this information that Kelly and I have shared today. Of course, you know that if you're not listening live to me, the archives are available on my site, uh, com. You can also go to iTunes, Stitcher, and of course, at Beauty Inside and Out Show, which takes you to the Voice America radio station here on Variety and the Health and Wellness channel. Uh, so there's lots of places that you can hear this show. And as always, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in search of the most amazing guests like Kelly was today to be able to platform, honor, and share with all my listeners of how we can always find that amazing beauty from the inside out. And, you know, next week I've got an interesting show, um, which is tying back into the professional beauty industry, which is under a lot of fire right now. They're, they're really looking at a deregulation of licensing um Hairdressers and the work that they do, and so there's there's a lot of controversy going on state to state because it's a state license that's happening. But um, what's what is happening is that stylists are moving into what they're calling the sweet life. So they have their little independent sweet um, business within a big building of other people that have sweet businesses, and um, and the clients are the clients are 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 starting to finally get this. So we're going to talk a little bit about the sweet life for the stylists. And how clients can um, join in on that. Because it's pretty massive on the West Coast. Um, it's growing on the East Coast and it's starting to penetrate a little bit in between and and to all my countries out there that are listening as well um, you know you've had independence and you know large salons for many years so this is a this is kind of a new phenomenon for here in, in North America that's growing but it's growing pretty darn fast so we're gonna be talking to some sweet stylists we're gonna be talking with some sweet owners that are actually leasing the space to stylists and then how you as a client can benefit from this type of environment as well Kelly, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for
2: having me. It's yes. been incredible, Bonnie. Uh, you're
1: wonderful. womenforone.com. You're Messy brilliant. You can buy it on Amazon. And um, I hope that we have a chance to connect again. And if you're ever in Phoenix, and I'm moving to Atlanta next month, so if you're ever in Atlanta, uh, you know, uh, look me up, check me out, and uh, let's connect so that we can continue to be more empowering for all these women out there.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: All
0: right. Thank you. Bye.